Thanks for checking out the Lakeshore Podcast. If this is your first time listening with us, we want you to know God loves you. We want for your hope in Jesus to be renewed and for your faith to come to life. Wherever you are joining us from, we hope this message encourages you. This is my Bible. It is God's Word written to me. I am who it says I am. I can do what it says I can do. I can have what it says I can have. So I receive it as truth for my life today and open my heart to hear God speak a word, reveal Jesus to me, and fill me with the Holy Spirit so that my life will be changed forever. In Jesus' name, Amen. The same resurrection power that raised Jesus from the dead lives in you. If you're a Christian and you've accepted Christ as your personal Lord and Savior, the Bible is very clear that the power of the Holy Spirit that was responsible for raising Jesus Christ from the grave That same person, Holy Spirit, that same power of the Holy Spirit lives in you. Just let that sink in for a moment. If we really bought into that, how could that change your life? Think about the challenges. Think about the things that seem to be limiting you or keeping you from experiencing more of what God has for you. If you really bought into the fact that the same power that raised Jesus from the dead lived in you, how would that change your perspective? How would that change how you saw yourself, your current circumstances? How would it change how you see your future? You know, Jesus said this. Listen. I have come that they may have life and life more abundantly. That's what Jesus said in John 10.10. But I have to go back and I have to study that out a little bit. Who did he mean when he said they? I have come that they may have life. He was talking about a very specific group of people. The they refers to his followers. The they refers to his family. The body of Christ. He wants everyone, the whole world, to jump into the family. But once you jump into the family, you're the they. I have come that they, my followers, can have life. And life more abundantly. Somebody say abundantly. Now this word life is the Greek word zoe. And it's not just walking around breathing life. The word zoe is the Greek word for spiritual life that comes from God. He said, I have come that my followers may have this zoe spiritual life that comes from God. And it begins to bubble up on the inside of you and transform you and 
cause you to begin to see things from a different perspective. It puts you in a place of the grace of God and the power of God and the love of God. And you're experiencing a level of life that comes to people that are walking close with God. Not everybody experiences that, friend. And so if you're not experiencing the life that God has for you, if you feel like you're always down, if you're always struggling, if you're always discouraged, or you're constantly fighting with depression, or your finances are always in a wreck, or you're always sick, listen, can I just be bold enough to say, that's not the life that God wants you to have. Now don't get me wrong. I realize that life isn't always a bowl of cherries and that life has difficulties and seasons of highs and lows. I get that. But can I just be honest? Let me say it. Let me be clear. I believe the Bible points to the fact that life is better with Jesus. So if you're listening and your life is just not like the God kind of life that you know He has for you, There's a possibility that I am not in place of faith recognizing that if I'm a Christian, the same power that raised Jesus from the dead lives in me. And when we begin to buy into that, I just believe everything will begin to change. Do you believe that? Things begin to change when you see that. And that's why we've been talking about this series that we're on called Living an empowered life. Say it with me. Come on. Living an empowered life. This word empowered is talking about the power of the Holy Spirit that comes into the life of a follower of Jesus. Jesus said, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. When you're baptized in the Holy Spirit, He fills you to the overflow. You begin to yield to the Holy Spirit as a person. You begin to experience this supernatural power of God on your life. And it just takes your life to a whole new level. To a whole new level of living. And so this is an important topic. We've taken our time. This is the third study guide that we have given to the church. Barbara's been passing some of them out. Hope everybody has a study guide. And I don't have time to go back and kind of talk about what we've studied already, but we've been spending a lot of time talking about the Holy Spirit. Why is that important? Because I think to a lot of people, the Holy Spirit is very, very misunderstood or kind of mysterious to the point where we just don't think we can understand the Holy Spirit. And some people, some churches, for one reason or another, they just don't teach about the Holy Spirit and who He is and why He's come and what He wants to do in your life. So we just believe as a church that we need to take some time and talk about this. This particular study guide that you have, it's emphasizing the demonstration of the Holy Spirit. Say demonstration. Let me tell you where I get this word. 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 4. It's not on the screen. Just listen. 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 4. If you want to, you could mark it down. But this is what Paul said. My speech and my preaching, Paul the Apostle, were not with persuasive words of human wisdom, but in demonstration of the Holy Spirit and power. 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 4. So what was Paul saying? 
Paul was saying, listen, when I preached the word of God to you, I didn't just use all kinds of fanciful human intellectual words. I didn't just try to give you messages that would tickle your fancy. I didn't just give you these feel-good messages. No, no, no. I came to you with words from God, and I came to you with a demonstration of the power of the Holy Spirit. Demonstration meaning signs and wonders, miracles. People were healed. People were delivered. People were transformed. People's lives were changed under the ministry and the preaching and the teaching of the Apostle Paul. Did you know more than God wants to do something for you, He wants to do something in you. Can you say amen? And that's the power of the Holy Spirit working in your life. Look with me, if you would, to Mark chapter 16. And this will be on the screen. It's a mouthful, but we're going to use it as we get started today. Verses 15 through 18. Mark chapter 16, verses 15 through 18. This is what the Bible says. And he, Jesus, said to them, his disciples, his followers, Go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. That's a person. He who believes and is baptized will be saved. But he who does not believe will be condemned. And these signs will follow those who believe. That's the demonstration. These signs will follow those who believe. Listen to it. In my name, they will cast out demons. They will speak with new tongues. They will take up serpents. And if they drink anything deadly, it will by no means hurt them. They will lay hands on the sick and the sick will recover. So then, after the Lord had spoken to them, He, the Lord, was received up into heaven, and He sat down at the right hand of God. And they, His disciples, went out and preached everywhere. Notice this. The Lord working with them and confirming the Word through the accompanying of signs. Amen. Somebody say amen. So this is one of the texts in the Bible that we would describe as the Great Commission. The other one's in Matthew 28. You've heard it. Jesus said, it said, All authority in heaven and earth has been given to me. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them, da 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 So this is another portion of the Scripture in Mark 16 that's described as the Great Commission. So, here's the title for today's message. Engaging the Great Commission. Come on, say it with me, church. Engaging the Great Commission. Here's the subtitle I gave it. Sharing Christ with others. Sharing Christ. Remember, some of you know this, but it's worth reminding us, the word Christ isn't Jesus' last name. The word Christ is His title. He was the one that was anointed with the power of the Holy Spirit, assigned to bring transformation to the earth and to every person in it. That's what Christ means. So when I say sharing Christ with others, I don't just mean sharing Jesus. I mean sharing the power of Jesus through the Holy Spirit with others. That's part of the Great Commission. 
See, what's the Great Commission, Pastor Robert? Well, in a nutshell, the Great Commission is sharing the good news with people that Jesus came to save us, to deliver us, to heal us, to restore us, to get us back on track with God so that we can experience some of heaven on earth. And then when we die, we get to go to heaven for eternity. Say amen. See, that's the good news. That's the gospel. What does engaging mean? Engaging means that I put it into practice. Engaging means I'm going to step into this. It doesn't mean that I'm going to sit down idle. It doesn't mean I'm going to be a spectator. It doesn't mean I'm always going to just be watching somebody. You know what engaging means? Get into it. Do it. Come on. Roll up your sleeves. Let's do this together. Engaging the Great Commission. I came across an article in 2019, this article was written by Lifeway Christian Resources. Lifeway Christian Resources provide Christian resources, but they also do a lot of statistical research to see what's kind of happening in the church. This is what the article was entitled, Most Christians Rarely Share Their Faith. That was the name of the article, and this is just a couple of excerpts from it. This is what it says. Most, churchers, most churchgoers say... They're eager to, eager to talk about Jesus and are praying for opportunities to share their faith. But a new study shows most say they have not had any conversations where they shared their faith in the past six months. The LifeWay research found excitement and eagerness about the idea of sharing Christ, but few churchgoers actually engaged in the practice of sharing their faith on a regular basis according to the survey conducted. More than half, 55% of those who attend a church service at least once a month say they have not shared with someone how to become a Christian in the past six months. It goes on and it says this, Sharing the good news that Jesus paid for our sins through his death on the cross and rose again to bring us new life and demonstrating the power of the Holy Spirit is the mission of the church, said Scott McConnell, executive director of Lifeway Research. But it does not appear to be the priority of most churchgoers. Don't look around, but just think about yourself. How are you doing in engaging the Great Commission? This is not meant to be condemning or to make us feel guilty. It's just made to maybe wake us up. Lord, I pray that you would wake us up. I pray that there would be a spiritual awakening. If there's any area in our life that's asleep, that's insensitive to you and your love that you have for people, if there's any area of our hearts that are dull to the engaging of the Great Commission, God, I pray that you would wake us up in the name of Jesus. Come on, anybody with me? So I want to just give us, real quick, four action steps to help us, to help me engage the Great Commission. Come on, somebody say engage. Engage. Here's the first action step if you're taking notes. It's in your study guide. Action step number one, very simple, go and keep going. Come on, say it with me. 
Go and keep going. Where do you get that from? Look at Mark 16. We'll go back to Mark 16, verse 15. Notice what he said. And Jesus said to them, Go into all the world. Now that doesn't mean you have to go to Bolivia. I've been there. You don't have to go on a missions trip. But it implies to go into your world. Your family, maybe. Maybe some close friends or your workplace. Notice. Notice the word go. Come on, somebody say it with me. Go. How do you spell it? G-O. It's simple, right? We know what it means. Let me share with you this word go in the Greek. Poreo. P-O-R-E-U-O. This is what it means. It literally means to go and keep on going. And references something or someone that launches from a starting point. Catch this. And then constantly remains in motion. Come on, say remains in motion. In other words, it's really not supposed to be this event, but a lifestyle. The Great Commission isn't a one-time event. It's a lifestyle. As you're going about your day, as you're going about living your life, whatever that looks like, whatever your routine looks like, you're on the go for Jesus. Come on, say it. I'm on the go for Jesus. Right? Go and keep going. It's not something that only takes place on Sunday morning or Wednesday night or when you're in connect group. This is something that's supposed to be in motion. Jesus said it, not me. Go and keep going. In other words, just make it part of your life. Be ready to defend your faith. Be ready to share Jesus. Be ready to point someone to the love of God. Be ready to demonstrate an act of kindness. Sometimes preaching is done without any words. Be ready to demonstrate some love. Be ready to pray for somebody. Be ready. Listen, I know it's not easy, but listen, when the power that raised Jesus from the dead lives in you and you know it, you take on a whole new level of faith and boldness. So Jesus said, go and keep going. Action step number two. Here it is. Preach and keep on preaching. Come on, say it. Preach and keep on preaching. Notice in Mark 16, 15 again, this is Jesus. He said to them, go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. Some of you are like, okay, I'm going to just preach to my bird. I'm going to preach to my rabbit. Well, that's good practice, but that's not what he meant. Come on, he means people, right? Preach. What does this word preach mean? Look at the Greek word caruso. K-E-R-Y-S-S-O, Caruso. It means to proclaim. It means to declare. It means to herald the message. It doesn't mean shout. You don't have to shout. You don't have to be like me, what I'm doing right now. That's not necessarily preaching. You can preach with a very soft tone voice. It's heralding the message of Jesus. It's proclaiming the love of God. It's pointing people to the Savior. It's reminding people of God's love for them and His plan for them and His goodness for them. There are so many people today, especially post-COVID, that are depressed, that are discouraged, that are empty, that are lonely, that feel hopeless. You have the hope of the world living on the inside of you if you're a Christian. So he says, preach, herald, proclaim. I want to share with you a video testimony right now from a lady from our congregation in Artika K campus. Her name is Alexandria Goyette, 
And uh, her and her husband had this incredible plan to purchase this house, and they weren't able to purchase it. You know, a few months ago, housing was tough to get into. There were multiple offers, and they just couldn't find one. So they just decided to lease an apartment somewhere, an apartment complex. It really wasn't their plan. But as they've been there, and she has a heart to reach people, God's been doing amazing things through her and her husband in the community where they're living. And I want to share that with you right now on this video testimony from her. Let's go ahead and play the video. Bring the lights down. Turn the volume up. My name is Allie, and I'd like to share with you what the Lord's been doing through me in my neighborhood. So I'm a mom of four kids, and we play outside with all the kids. I'll go sit outside and just keep an eye on everyone. And um, I often am finding myself surrounded with groups of children, um, just craving attention and looking for someone to talk to. So um, one day I just began talking about the Lord and how good he is and how I serve a God named Jesus. And um, children with their curious minds began to continue to ask me different questions. And we ended up on the topic of heaven. And as I was talking about heaven, the clouds began to move and everything began to light up. And I said, guys, look. God knows that we're talking about heaven and he's lighting everything up for us. And the kids with eyes full of wonder looked up and was like, wow, that's so cool. Well, within a few minutes of this conversation, I had about four children um, receive Jesus as their savior that day with me. And one of the little girls said, I'm getting goosebumps. I said, that's the Holy Spirit. And it was just a really cool moment with them. Um, we had another situation where the, one of the little boys who received the Lord came to my house and asked if he could come in. I said I was cleaning up, and he asked if he could help me. So I let him come in, and he's cleaning my living room when we got on the topic of how God has a good plan for his life. And he said, well, I don't know if God has a good plan for my life. <clears throat> I have the worst sin. I said, what's the worst sin? And he said, well, sometimes I'm so sad that I want to kill myself. This little boy is nine. But when he was five, and I knew about this story previously, his dad ended up having a heart attack and dying, and, and he ended up seeing that. And I said to him, you know, you've been through something really hard, and anyone would feel sad. But God still has a really great plan for your life. And I was able to pray with him that day. Well, the next morning, he busted through my front door and said, you blessed me so much yesterday. God gave me a dream last night, and he said, I know how you feel. And he took me to heaven, and he showed me my dad, and I got to hug my dad. So it's just been so cool to be able to just be the voice of Jesus to the kids here in my neighborhood. We've ended up becoming a safe house to these kids where they'll come and knock on the door. Can I get a glass of water? Or um, sometimes if they're sad, they'll come and just get a hug and cry with me. Um, there's been times where kids are fighting and they know to come knock on my door and tell me, Hey, these kids are fighting and I go break up the fight. Or sometimes they'll come and help me make dinner or help me clean up my living room. And we'll just end up talking and having simple conversations about Jesus. One day I was doing a prayer walk and I noticed looking up on my building, it says one, six, nine. And as I saw that, I heard immediately in my head, one, oh, six, nine, the light radio station. And I knew Holy Spirit was saying our building is a building of light because his Holy Spirit dwells here through us. God is mighty to save, and I'm so thankful he's been able to use us. And now we've been able to bring, um, at times, six neighborhood kids at a time. We're taking two vehicles to church 
And so it's just been really cool to be used by him. Come on. Taking like six kids at a time to church and leading children to a relationship with Jesus Christ in her apartment complex. You know, that, that just brings back so many memories. When we were at another campus in Catawba, um, there, was this, there was this mobile home park about a mile away from our church, and uh, somebody pointed it to me, and one day I just was driving through there. And uh, before I got out of the whole neighborhood, I felt like the Lord said, you need to stop, get out of your car, and just go start knocking on some doors. I'd never done that. Not for Jesus. For sales I have, but not for Jesus. So I, I knew I could do it, but I was still a little afraid. But I got out, and I started knocking on some doors and introducing myself. And I think my icebreaker was, hey, listen, my name's Robert, and I'm a I'm a pastor down the street, and in about a couple of months, we're going to start giving away free food from our church. We're going to have a food pantry there. Do you know anybody who would be interested? And I remember Donna. I remember she said, wait here. I'll be right back. And I was kind of left. What did I say? I just said, we're going to have a food pantry. I thought I scared her away or whatever. She comes back out of her apartment or her condo or mobile home, I should say, and she's got these two big bags of food. And she said, I want to be the first one to donate to your food pantry ministry. And from that moment forward, I just kept knocking on doors in there. I remember I came across this single mom. She had three kids. I mean, no, a single mom with three kids. She's up to her eyebrows in, in work, right? I mean, she's trying to make it happen. She's got one right here. She's got one screaming. She's got one over there. And I saw, so I don't know, we, we, we got to the place where, hey, so would you like to come to church? She said, I'd like to come to church, but I don't have a car. I said, we have a bus ministry. We didn't. It was a big lie. We didn't have a bus ministry yet. It was just came out of my campus. Nobody was using it. So that next weekend, I got in the bus, and I became the bus ministry bus driver. And I went to her house, and I picked her up and her three kids. And I had no idea that that would be the start of breaking the law in the bus ministry. I got to the point after a year or so, we were picking up 20 people on the bus. The bus only had 12 seats. I didn't want to turn them away, so they were standing up, holding the bars, and we finally got to a place where we did it safe and had to make a couple of trips and everything. But all I'm saying is, I know it's a little, maybe you'd be a little afraid to share God with people, but if you remember that the Holy Spirit lives in you. He'll give you supernatural boldness and ability to do what you wouldn't be able to do or what you wouldn't want to do in and through your own efforts. Can somebody say amen? That's what He wants to do. He wants to point people to Jesus through your life just like He did through uh, Alexandra and her husband. Think about this with me. As official representatives of heaven, Believers are commanded to share the good news of salvation through Jesus Christ in a way that reflects both, listen, the gravity and the grace of Jesus Christ, who's the eternal King of Kings. What does that lead me to? Well, here's the third point I want to share with you. Listen to this action step. Expect eternal results. Say it with me. Come on. Expect eternal results. 
expectation is an action. It's something you do. It's something you step into. It's a decision you make. It's a, it's a level of faith you take. It's, it's something you geared yourself up for. I'm going to expect eternal results. Look at Mark 16 again. Verse 16, that's our text. Notice what Jesus said. Jesus said this. He who believes the gospel and is baptized in water will be saved. Now, let me, let me just insert this. He doesn't mean to, me, to say that if you're not baptized, you're not saved. In the New Testament, especially in the book of Acts, when you see salvation and water baptism, they're almost inseparable. It's just like, you're just going to automatically get water baptized because that's what followers of Jesus do. You demonstrate to the world that your old life is dead, you're alive in Christ, and you're proclaiming to the world, I'm a new person and I'm following Him. So He says it in one breath. You get saved and you get water baptized, you're in. So important. But then, look at this. So important. But, I hate that word. But, he who does not believe will be condemned. What, what does condemned mean? The word condemned is the Greek word kata krino. Kata krino, which means to render a punitive judgment worthy of consequential punishment. That means someone dies outside of relationship with God, and instead of going to heaven, they go to a place called hell. That's in the Bible. Jesus talked about it. But let's look at the positive light. Those who believe will be saved. Somebody say saved. That's the Greek word sozo. Sozo. Say it with me. Sozo. Sozo. S-O-Z-O. Sozo. This is what it means. To rescue one from sins and eternal death. Keep safe and sound. To rescue from danger and destruction. It also means to make whole. When you get saved, God makes you whole. Starting spiritually. He causes you to be forgiven and your spirit is alive to God and restored in relationship with God. You've been rescued. You've been made whole. That starts on the inside. And now little by little, as you're walking with Jesus, as you're studying the Word, as you're yielding to the Spirit, as you're connecting with the body of Christ, you're learning, you're growing, you begin to experience the salvation working from the inside out. And it begins to impact your other areas of your life. You're natural practical areas of your life. God cares about that. This salvation package is whole. Again, it doesn't mean everything's a bed of cherries. But even when you're going through it, you know who's with you while you're going through it. Amen? And you don't have to stay in the dark place forever. He wants to rescue you out of that place. That salvation package isn't limited just to going to heaven when you die. It includes experiencing the sum of heaven while you're alive. Heaven on. Have you ever heard anybody say, well, that's hell on earth? You ever hear anybody say that? Right? That's an expression. I've heard it. What does it mean? It means just somebody's really going through it. They can't break out of it. It's always bad, dark, and ugly. Well, how about if we use this expression? That's heaven on earth. Amen? That's what Jesus came for. He came to bring heaven to earth. He said it. Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is here. And he wants for us to step into it. That's part of our salvation. And when we're sharing Christ, we got to realize that eternity's on the line. Can I just say this, not with condemnation, but it's just the truth. 
Eternities are on the line each time we share or don't share Jesus Christ. And that's the truth. Father, give me a heart to engage the Great Commission. Give me a fresh fire for the things of God. Give me a fresh fire to demonstrate your love. Give me a fresh zeal to reach others with the good news. Give me a heart that goes beyond myself. Give me a heart for other people in Jesus' name. Somebody say amen. Here's your fourth action step if you're taking notes. Here it is. Rely on supernatural authentication. Come on, somebody say rely. Yeah, we're not relying on yourself. I'm not relying on myself. I'm relying on supernatural authentication. Remember, a sign in the Scripture is supernatural, but it doesn't always have to be spectacular. It could be quiet. It could be supernatural. It could be powerful. But it doesn't have to catch everybody's attention. It doesn't have to be center stage. It doesn't have to be loud. It doesn't have to be boisterous. But it is supernatural. It's powerful. It comes from God. Look at Mark 16 again, our text. Verse 17. These are Jesus' words. Notice what He said. And these signs will follow those who believe. Those who believe. The word will follow. Such an important two words. One word in the Greek. Parakolotheo. It's an important word. Listen. It refers to someone who tirelessly accompanies another, remaining constantly at their side. Think about that in light of what we just read. These signs will follow. They'll remain tirelessly at your side. They'll be constantly with you. That's what para means. P-A-R-A means with. And the other word, akalutheo, means to join with Him as an attendant. So Jesus is trying to bring some faith to us. He's saying, if you'll step out in the demonstration of the Holy Spirit, I know you're afraid. I know you might feel unqualified. I know you might feel like you don't know what to say. I know you may not have the perfect prayer. But if you'll trust me and you'll step out, Jesus is saying, these signs will follow. They'll accompany you. They'll be at your side. They'll be with you. They'll follow those who believe. Somebody say, I believe. These signs will follow those who believe. And they're a sign of authentication. Remember the word signs. It's, it's bringing authenticity to a follower of Christ. Now, let me just say this. I think this is, this is not in the notes, but the Holy Spirit reminded me this morning. Jesus said, by this, all will know that you're my disciples if you have love for one another. That's what Jesus said. So when we're talking about signs and demonstration of the Holy Spirit, we have to understand that all of that supernatural stuff that we're learning about and that we're going to grow into as a church, stay with me if this is all kind of unfamiliar or it sounds a little far-fetched or you're not really how to take it, stay with me. We're going to keep teaching and we're going to have other discipleship classes where we're talking about and studying the gifts of the Holy Spirit. There's the fruit of the Spirit, 
Love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, self-control. The fruit, the character. But then in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, there's the gifts of the Holy Spirit. And these are supernatural gifts that we believe that are still for today that the Holy Spirit brings to life in the body of Christ for the benefit of one another and for the benefit of people outside of the body of Christ. Those are the gifts of the Holy Spirit. So when we're talking about all of these gifts and signs, we have to remember that everything has to be on the foundation of love. Say love. We have to demonstrate all of God's gifts in love. If we're not moving in love, how many know that just repels people? People don't want to know how much you know until they know how much you care. Amen? So everything has to be in love. It's so important. So what's the first sign... We're going to end our service right now. John, you can come up. What's the first sign that Jesus mentions here in Mark chapter 16? Let's look at it real quick. Rely on supernatural authentication. Notice what he said in verse 17 and 18. Mark 16, 17 and 18. Listen. Jesus said it. In my name. Finish it with me. They will cast out demons. Say it again. I know it's scary. Say it again. In my name, they will cast out demons. What are you talking about, Pastor Robert? I'm going to be a demon slayer? Yes! In a very balanced and biblical way. Let me explain to you what I mean. Now, we read the scriptures, and there were people, I believe there's still people today, that are demon-possessed. Where the kingdom of darkness and demons under the authority of Satan have taken up residence in people's lives, in their spirits, and in their hearts. At the very least, you agree that there are some people that are oppressed and harassed by darkness and demons. Amen? Isn't that true? And when you read the scriptures, Jesus confronts demons in people and casts them out. So I definitely believe that it includes that. I, I'm not telling you to go up to somebody who's weird at your job and say, in the name of Jesus, I cast you out, demon. No, don't, no, don't do anything crazy. We're going to have some more teaching on this. But let me just be real clear that demons are real. And Jesus knew that he was sending his disciples out into a world where demons were real in his day. And they were going to have to know their authority. I'm sure he trained them in some things for three years. The Bible records that they did that. They cast demons out. They raised the dead. They opened blind eyes. They moved in signs and wonders and power. But I want you to notice that this is an authenticating sign that Jesus said would follow his followers. In my name. What does that mean? In the authority of Jesus. Not in your name. In the name that is above every name. The name of Jesus, the anointed one. In his name, we followers can take authority over demons. So, Pastor Robert, what does that look like in my life? Let's just, let's just bring it down to your own life. Let's not look at your neighbor, look for demons. Let's look, let's look for them in your own life. Okay, let's, let, me, let me explain. I believe that this includes taking authority over demons and darkness in your life. How do I know if I have demons in darkness? There's a lot of ways. Nightmares. 
heaviness, depression, discouragement, constant sickness, constant financial ruin, no peace. You got a bed and you lay down for 12 hours, but you get no rest. Constant fighting and bickering in the household, division, arguing. Can I just say, and I hopefully agree, none of that stuff is God's will for His people. Amen. And so Jesus has given you authority in His name to cast out darkness and demonic oppression and demonic attacks in your own life and in your family. That's what that includes. And it's important that we recognize that. The enemy comes in and he, he brings thoughts and he brings trouble and constant problems and there's this heavy darkness over me all the time. That's not God. That's not what God wants for you. Look at these words, cast out. Say it with me, cast out. It's the Greek word ekbalo, ekbalo. Say it with me, ekbalo. It's important. Listen to what it means. To throw out. Taken together, it means to drive out or to evict someone from a place. Think about that. An eviction is neither an invitation nor a suggestion to vacate a premise. It's a court order that mandates compliance. Can you say amen? Get out. That word ekbalo comes from ek, which means out, and balo, which means to throw. So Jesus is saying, in my name, I'm giving you, as a follower, authority to throw the demons out of your life. And then let me just suggest this. Lock the door behind them. Don't open it. Did you know that demons come in through doors that we open? The Bible says, don't you dare give him a foothold. You heard this before. Give him an inch and he'll take a... He's just looking for a little, little opening. He'd come in and raise hell. That's what he wants to do. But the good news is, Jesus said it. Listen, Jesus said it. These signs will follow those who believe. In my name, my followers will cast out demons. Can somebody say amen? Thanks again for listening. To hear more messages like this one, make sure to subscribe and check out our podcast channel for more messages. If you like what you're hearing, share it with your friends. For more content from Lakeshore and information on services, check us out at lakeshorecf.com.